Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Now, on to today's show. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Ailsa Kepi and I'm here with Declan today and we're going to open up uh, an interesting topic uh, having nothing to do with the current world affairs but having everything to do with your internal affairs. And this time we're talking about something that has been labeled the Cinderella syndrome. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a little bit of what I've written about it just to give you some background about how our internal state of affairs really is something that we have control over, that we have power to work with, and that really can transform not only ourselves, but our reality and the things that we're seeing in the world. So putting that in context, how many of you dreamed of being Cinderella when you were little? And maybe there's some uh, different gendered people out there that dreamed about this too, even better. So you secretly dressed up in your prettiest party outfit, you made a crown out of your mom's jewelry, you danced your way around the living room curtsying to an imaginary court. And the ultimate goal of this entire story that, uh, you know, in the Cinderella story is to attract the handsome prince and then live happily ever after. So I definitely grew up myself with this this kind of uh, fairy tale, wishful thinking in a way, but also these archetypal myths that have a deeper meaning that we later on in life quite often start to understand. But when I was young, you know, I I bought into the the um, the literal meaning of these stories and had this wishful thinking that magic would happen that something, you know, someone would come along and sweep me off my feet and I would live happily ever after. But, you know, the fairy godmother and the handsome prince and all of these, all of these characters um, are really alchemical parts of ourself. And, you know, when we get stuck in the literal meaning, especially with the story of Cinderella, for those of you who uh, are aware, you know, she she puts aside all of her own needs and kind of does the chores for the house um you know sings and is happy anyway which is kind of glossed over in the story the fact that you know she's not sitting there thinking she's a victim she's actually very empowered but you know what we see from the outside is often this kind of naive victimized type of uh uh feminine uh, archetypal character but anyway, so you, so where I'm going with this is that if you buy into that that character that is suddenly rescued by the prince, what you don't realize is that you start saying things to yourself, or this is what happened to me. I'm not special enough. I, you know, it. How come it's not happening to me? You know, what's wrong with me that I can't live out the the happily ever after ending? And so it was a it was unfortunately uh, a way for me to just feel sorry for myself for many many years, and it was a way for me to stay in a situation where I, um, you know, was doing things for other people and not really paying attention to myself for many many years. 
and I'm sure some of you can relate. So what we're looking at is what was really meant with this story of Cinderella and you know how did she actually go from being you know trapped if you will as the in the story to having this wonderful experience of union with uh, you know her her masculine side or her partner so you know I'm gonna say that for many of us looking at this story could apply to anyone really of any gender and really what we're looking at here is the idea that there's an aspect of ourselves that is naive and that needs to do the work and the work could be you know as in many fairy tales it's like picking the poppy seeds out of a pile of dust or it could be sweeping the hearth you know the ashes being very symbolic of working with our own ashes working with our own murkiness and getting to a place and you know this type of suffering if you will or this type of hard work is what gets us to the place where we can take advantage of um, you know the magic that can happen in life and the opportunities that arise you know um, even when Cinderella's obstacles came up and it didn't seem like it was gonna work out and you know all of her the stepsisters and the, and the stepmother telling her to stay at home you know don't go to the party you know can you recognize that voice in yourself do you recognize that you know you shouldn't have fun you shouldn't go do this you need to stay and do this you know you need to stay here in this victim place so you know we can easily take that role on and stay stuck there for a long time however you know the magical you know belief the hope the joy the spark somewhere inside her was the fairy godmother character that got her to the party and therefore gave her the opportunity to transform so this is an archetypal myth and there's no there's no mistake that these stories have survived for centuries you can't just change them around these are archetypal stories of, of transformation and growth so what I would like to talk and maybe Declan has some views on this is that the male femaleness of the characters the way that we work with these characters is not is not about identifying ourselves with oh I'm in a female body so therefore I'm Cinderella you know or I'm in a male body therefore I'm the prince is to how do we actually bring these characters together within our own self and where where do these different characters show up in our own lives and I know that I when I originally wrote this as a as a blog I recognized myself in the Cinderella character and and the other characters also so I'm, I'm gonna open it up to to Declan here and, and ask you know do you when you were a kid let's say you, you know you must have heard some of these stories what 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 character did you resonate with you know being in a male body you know where did you go to with your first uh, introduction to these these types of stories you know, very interesting question, you know, having two sisters and no brothers, you know, I, I definitely heard the story, you know, and, you know, I also, um, I did dress up in, in girls' clothes when I was a kid, you know, because I wanted to play with my sisters, <clears throat> and, you know, I seemed to enjoy it, so I don't remember from if I try and take myself back to that age I don't actually remember resonating with any particular character but you know in my early 20s and and, and 
late 20s and 30s and so forth, uh, I definitely would say, well, yeah, of course, I'm the prince, I'm, I'm the man, right? This is, it's really the only significant male figure in the story. Right. <laughs> so, of course, I'm the prince. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, with my recent studies and, and the, the things that I've been working on over the last, you know, 15, 20 years or so, it's like, oh, okay, I get it that, you know, it could be, could potentially be, or definitely are, you know, aspects of myself so yeah it's it's really interesting because i like the point that you brought up about yes these stories have survived <coughs> there's a reason they survived <coughs> excuse me yeah so i mean it's interesting that you you had the experience of wanting to join in the story and of being embodying even the female characters, if you will, or dressing up to be the princess and the you know because they got to do the action, <laughs> maybe, as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I what I was doing. Like, yeah, when I was young, in those younger days before, you know, I think it was probably before I went to school. Maybe it continued on for a little bit after that. But once my once my peer group of boys started influencing me, that's it slowly started to fade away. That those those activities of, you know, dressing up in girls' clothes, right? So, um, yeah, I wanted to be the princess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and did you? I mean, did you have a sense of, you know, playing that role out as you know the magic, the fairy godmother coming and transforming you, or getting to go to the ball and meeting? Like, I I don't know as a. As a girl, we would always play that that storyline out, but did were you probably weren't so aware of the storyline underneath, maybe or? No, I don't remember those specifics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. and what's interesting in this in in this particular story of Cinderella is also that, as you said, you made the point that the prince is the only significant male figure, and actually. That's true in some ways, but the father is actually a very significant character in the story. Why? Because the whole story and many of these archetypal stories start out with the betrayal of the father. And the betrayal of the father figure is that he's not being the protective, heroic masculine. He has lost that. His wife has died and he's gone into whatever depression or, you know, what move forward and isn't is no longer paying attention in that protective role and has now, you know, brought in the stepmother into, you know, Cinderella's life and the stepsisters and is no longer around. Like he takes off to work and isn't even there. And so, you know, in our own selves, I think this could be a universal experience of, you know, where do when do we lose that you know that role in ourselves or in our family we you know that that protector that father figure the guide the mentor you know just either betrays us doesn't we we thought we were listening to our our guidance and we end up somewhere we didn't want to you know they just seem to disappear altogether and we end up you know partying too much or or you know in a bad relationship or in a job we hate and where was that father figure you know that's often the the, the beginning of our own our own archetypal journey um you know do you have any uh, you know sense of that in your own life yeah you know i came from you know classical you know um Back in those days, you know, mom stayed home and 
you know, dad went out to work. So yeah, I definitely had more time with my mom as a young man, as a young boy <laughs> than, than the other. And I think that was, you know, pretty common for, you know, boys my age. And then, you know, as, as divorce started coming more um, common, that, that, you know, there was definitely a lot of single parents out there. So I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but. Yeah, well, I think these are one of, this is, you know, uh, something we're not, this has been uh, the discussion for eons, really, with human humankind, you know, and, and the, the external world. It's one of these places where the external world is showing a lot of, at least in our generation, maybe this generation of, people splitting up and not staying together, raising a family. So our external world is actually showing up this inner split in our own psyche of not uniting our, our you know, um, masculine and feminine energies, if you will, if you want to put those labels on it, you know, our inner uh, king and queen have, have not stayed together. And in that sense, this starts us out on the hero's journey, if you will. And this is what happens to Cinderella and to many other, you know, heroines in their own story is that, you know, this split has caused the new generation to have to face themselves, to have to deal with who are they as a person and how do they develop. So, you know, it's it's an interesting idea that looking at these stories and looking at uh, the world today, we're like, hmm, you know, if we... Uh, get too locked into any one of these roles you know if we get locked into the suffering of Cinderella in the role of um, you know degraded you know housemaid uh, you know we're not getting to the empowerment or the transformation that the story is meant to lead to and we are not going to get rescued magically by a prince we're going to get rescued by doing this inner work of, of integration um so, you know, I, I don't know if you resonate with kind of, as a man, having this inner feminine side that, that is possibly the shadow side, this helpless maiden that's waiting to be rescued. Like, do you ever resonate with that as a part of yourself, like kind of waiting for something to come along and, and someone else to come along and fix things for you? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, something like that. Yeah, over, that sounds a little oversimplified, of course, but... Yeah, in our in our culture, this Western culture, the man is is that supposed to be strong and all that, the protector and good point you brought up about the the the, the, the masculine being betrayed at the beginning of the story, the, the 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 non-present you know father, you know figure, and then this overbearing feminine you mm-hmm. know, taking over to suppress the feminine. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Like the stepmother is, you know, the shadow side of the queen or whatever. And Mm -hmm. as is, you know, in some ways we women, I say we women, but, you know, many of us have been fighting, you know, you know, sisterhood and and women's liberation and all things for for years. And, um, you know, a lot of times the the most difficult uh, people to, to, to work with is other women. You know, we suppress ourselves in a lot of ways and, and in our own self. You know, I can speak for myself that there's a very strong voice, you know, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you should be, 
you know, suppressing your own needs. You, you know, this is the shadow feminine that we've been uh, brought up with, you know, uh, over generations and that we're starting to see is not working. You know, so we have to face that, that yes, you're right, that, you know, we can't just blame the, uh, the uh, absent father in the case of this Cinderella story for everything bad that's happening. You know, it's definitely the stepmother and the stepsisters represent uh, an evilness or a, or a shadow side of the feminine in trying to be, you know, controlling and uh, not, not allowing the creativity to come out. So I think that's a universal thing. And yeah, I mean, I'm imagining that men also ha relate to that sense of uh, being, you know, being helpless and just kind of like sitting around. I see men in my practice that ha uh, where I see it quite often actually is, you know, people that have been in military or being taken care of per se in, a, in an institution in the same way as a family and, and they're being taken care of has kept them in a childlike state so that they haven't had to face these kinds of, uh, you know, maturation processes or transformations. And although they've become, you know, perhaps very successful men, I'm not trying to, or women or, or anyone really, not trying to down particular institutions, but if we begin to rely on that, like a government to look after us or, a, uh, you know, an institution to take care of our needs, you know, there is something that we need to be aware that we don't lose in ourselves as far as empowerment of our own ability to survive, withstand and, and flourish, you know, from this inner place. And I'm, you know, I'm feeling really called to these types of um, ideas and this type of work at the moment in the world because we are definitely going through some kind of shift and you know, we could sit here crying in the ashes, you know, like Cinderella on the even, uh, evening of the ball, or we could find our inner transformative powers and, you know, um, reclothe ourselves and get out there and, and do the work that we're meant to do. And so I'm, you know, I feel that it's important to perhaps take this time that many of us have recently, uh, you know, been gifted more time to to spend on some of these inner practices and uh you know this this story offers us a lot of rich rich material to work with um so you know you always uh, declan offer us some really interesting inner practices and i know that that's a big part of your life um you know would you have a practice that you would be willing to share with the listeners maybe uh something that would begin to work with these aspects of ourself, whether it's, we call it masculine, feminine, or to, or different energies to integrate. Um, you know, I'm kind of putting on the spot here, but do you have a, a practice that you might be willing to share for the listeners? Uh, maybe on, you know, if they have time, we could work on this together. Sure. So we've been talking about the, the, you know, both energies, the masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang. But today, um, it was kind of mostly about the, the, the yin. Something that came up in the conversation was that, you know, in the absence of the, the masculine, the feminine was actually, you know, um, destroying the feminine. Mm. So there's this, in, in my experience of, of uh, 
Qigong, and it's mostly in a Taoist, you know, Oriental martial arts uh, context. There's this gate, the tricky gate, it's called at the bottom of the of the torso, basically, Hui Yin. Extreme Yin is the most, it's the softest part of our body, this, this between the legs, you know, the, the bottom of the pelvic bowl. So it's called the tricky gate because it's, it's, it's tricky there. So what we want to try and do initially is just relax, relax it. Notice if there's any tension there and relax it. That's it for now. Just breathe and notice and try and uh, let that tension just dissipate if there is any. And if there isn't any, then just play around with, you know, squeezing it gently. Gently is the key word here. So that's just a basic, you know, practice. And, and you can, you know, syncopate with the, with the breathing, you know, play around with it, like relaxing it when you're on the in-breath, relaxing on the out-breath, relaxing on the in-breath, gently lifting on the out-breath and or gently lifting on the in-breath and relaxing on the out-breath. There's, there's a few different ways to play around with it, but initially if this is your first time hearing this type of thing, just focus on relaxing and gently letting it like, like, like relax down, downwards, towards the earth, towards your feet. That's beautiful, thank you. And I was wondering if, um, you know, as this y yielded some fruit for you in your own practice, you know, in a, in a, in a maybe a few words. This talk? No, this uh, practice of, you know, the hoyin, the relaxing, the perineum, and, and work, being more aware of that extreme yin area of our body. How has that uh, impacted your own practice or, or, or your own life? Do you have a sense of that? Yeah, you know, it's difficult to describe it. It helps definitely with the energy levels, you know, throughout the day. If I'm adamant and I'm um, persistent with my practice and I practice every day that, you know, I do miss the odd day here and there. Especially when I'm traveling, it's a little more challenging for me to maintain. Um, it definitely, uh, I would, I'd require less sleep. Because I have and I have more energy throughout the day, and I tend to be uh, have a little bit better, better focus. You know, it's mm. easier to kind of delineate, you know, the tasks. I don't get it as easily overwhelmed. Well, that's interesting because the the needing less sleep and having more focus sounds a bit more like the the mass what we would maybe call masculine uh, qualities. So I'm wondering if working with this yin area of our body allows those qualities to come forward. It's quite interesting. Yes, yes, possibly. And and you know what what it also helps us do is is a lot of us actually have uh, a chronic contraction at the, in this area. So if we're able to relax it, then it, it it creates more awareness, and then it just like oh I can relax that. Oh I'm tense here as well. Oh, I can let go of that. Oh, I'm tense here as well. And just, it helps to create more awareness. Well, I love, I'm just going to put my own coloring on this. Declan can <laughs> agree or disagree, but 
I really love the practice and what it strikes me as is it gives us a real representation in our own bodies of the Cinderella story. You know, the, the soft, extreme soft Hoyin area, the perineum area of our body being like Cinderella. And if it's too tense, you know, it's the stepmother and the stepsisters kind of putting the pressure on and keeping it tense and, and uh, you know, gnarly in there. And if we learn to relax that area, it allows this um, integration and this al allowance of some of our other more masculine qualities to come forward, such as being more heroically uh, inclined in the day to get more done and to, to have focus. So uh, I, I love that practice and I'm going to keep in mind the story and the practice at least uh, over the next few days and see what it, see what it does in my own practice. So thank you so much for, for sharing that and uh, I hope some of you at home try, try this out as well. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pleasure for Health podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with your friends and loved ones. Let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together. Again, my name is Elsa Kepi and you can find out more or contact me on my website www.pleasureforhealth.com. I look forward to sharing another episode with you again very soon. Wishing you a pleasure-filled day.